3: And here we go, Raider Nation, coming in hot on this Friday, January 13th, 2023. I'm not a superstitious guy, but, you know, Friday the 13th has some kind of uh – some kind of meaning in the movie world with my man, Daman Cotton, who's in the Family Cadillac Performance Studio. He's probably getting his best Friday the 13th jokes ready or whatever the case may be. He's a he's a movie buff, so he's that type of guy. I'm in the home studio on this Friday and uh, ready to have a fantastic show. Excited about what we got for you the next three hours. Excited about the guests that we have coming up. And, of course, the conversation that we'll have with you both on the phone lines and, of course, the Don'tBeBroke.com text line as well. 69187, keyword RNR. The phone line, if you do decide to chime in throughout the course of the show, you can. And as I mentioned, DeMond Cotton's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I want to make sure I extend our thank you to Finley Cadillac, who uh, is uh, going to be the title sponsor of our studio for a whole nother year they said, you know what, we like what you uh, you fellas are doing in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, so let's go ahead and run it back another year. So uh, big ups to Finley Cadillac for, uh, you know, trusting us to do what we're going to do. And if it got the name Cadillac on it, you know we've got to do it right. We're going to do it right as long as the name Cadillac is on it. I mean, we're supposed to do it right anyway, but, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to put the Cadillac name on it, you got to do it with a sense of pride. So many thanks to Finley Cadillac for sponsoring our studio for another Year. Coming up on the show today, excited about the guests, as I mentioned. We're always excited about the guests. We have some of the best guests on the radio, period. Amber Theo Harris, Sirius XM, Silver and Black show. She'll join us at 2.30. Kind of put a bow on the 2022 season when it comes to the Silver and Black, where she thinks some improvements can come from, where they need to come from, and, of course, you know what she thinks the Raiders need to do moving forward with the quarterback position. We spent a lot of time on yesterday's show showing appreciation for Derek Carr, uh, it's, it's, it's in the books, right? It's one of those things that you know what's going on now. Uh, you can say that, okay, his career is over with the silver and black. Now what do they do moving forward? It's that time. And not trying to sound cold, not trying to say, all right, well, that's, that's over and done with, but at some point you just got to move on. At some point you got to move on and say, okay, what's next? Who's next? And that's what we'll start to do. Amber Theo Harris has been covering the league for a very long time. She'll join us coming up at 2.30. Three o'clock, our normal Friday guest, Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com. will also kind of put a bow on the season with her. Uh, we've talked many times, even leading up to, uh, you know, the, the, the sitting down, the putting on ice of, of Derek Carr, uh, what she thought the quarterback position was going to do, what it was going to look like, you know, what the, the team needs to do in general. You know, and what she thinks this off is going to look like, you know there's a lot to get to with Cassie, so she'll join us coming up at three o'clock. Then at four o'clock, Lee Sterling for ParamountSports.com. He joins us each and every Friday, just giving us the betting lines, where to place our money on this weekend, and what we'll do is we'll go Super wild Card weekend. We'll do that for the the whole time with with Lee Sterling. We'll get his thoughts on, uh, you know, where the money should be laid, where the games are going to be won or lost. And then what we're going to do, and this is not a guess, but at 415, and we haven't done this all year, uh, we have the game picks. We're going to actually go through the NFL Super Wild Card game picks. We haven't done it all year long. Uh, We did it last year. We had a lot of fun with it, but it was a little bit difficult for us to keep up with it. (laughs) Last year we kept looking for our overall records, so we're going to start during the playoffs. Uh, We're just going to kind of you know cheat and start with the playoffs, and we'll be zero and zero, and we'll give you our thoughts on all the wild card games and stuff coming weekend, and we'll do it all the way through to the Super Bowl. So uh, after we talk to Lee at four o'clock, we'll get an idea what he's talking about as far as the betting lines go, where we should place our money, and then we'll go ahead and make our own picks, just wins or losses. Coming up at four fifteen, and then four thirty. Very excited about our guest that we have coming up at four thirty, Jeremiah Golden. And you're probably thinking, Jeremiah Golden, who's that? Well. If you've seen the video, which I'm sure you have, the Raiders tweeted it out. It's been on every major uh, sports show across the country, not the area, across the country – uh, also, Fox Five News in Las Vegas uh, had had a special on him uh, and his mother and his uh, his his opportunity that he had to to interact with the Raiders. Uh, he was the young man in the video that the Raiders tweeted out that uh, you know that was able to interview Devonte Adams at the last game at the on the game on Saturday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, everyone keeps saying, "Oh man, this guy's got a future in broadcasting," and he really probably does. He's 10 years old and fantastic. Stats roll off the top of his head like it's nothing, right? I mean, the dude was, was great. And Devontae Adams, you could tell when he was being interviewed by him, he was very impressed. Uh, I know all the folks over at Fox 5 who does a fantastic job over there, and we have uh, plenty of them on our show from Paloma Villacana to Favin K, and, you know, m- many d- different folks from uh, Fox 5. Uh, are very impressed with with Jeremiah when he came in the studio. And if you missed that feature on Fox 5 on on the news, uh, you missed out. Man, they did one hell of a job. I got to give Fox 5 a ton of credit. I was actually sitting in my office earlier today, and I was just watching it. I was like, wow, I had to watch it a couple times because they did uh, such a great job with this. So Jeremiah's going to join us. He gets out of school at 3, so he's going to join us about 4.30. <laughs> Got to make sure he takes care of school, even though he's, you know, uh, pretty famous right now and everybody's checking him out and everyone's talking about him, like I said, across the country. Hell, Shannon Sharp was talking about him on his show that he does with Skip and uh, just a whole lot of ESPN National picked it up and they're talking about him. I mean, it's just it, – it's, it's been pretty wild just to see the reactions, but Jeremiah's going to join us at 4.30, talk about his Raider fandom. Talk about his Raider favorite players, how he became a Raider fan, and his faith. That's the thing, man. On 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 Instagram, he has an Instagram account. Uh, Jeremiah one and five is his name on Instagram, and uh, that's a that's a Bible reference. Jeremiah one and five is a Bible reference, and this young man leans on his faith so much for everything that him and his his family have been through and where he's at right now. But he leans on that faith so much; it's just really going to impress you with how wise and how mature beyond his years this young man is remember he's only 10 years old just keep that in the back of your mind he's only 10 years old so as much as he's gonna wow you with his sports knowledge his Raider knowledge just you know the the way that he you know just kind of talks about the game and breaks it down that's gonna wow you in itself that'll be probably the least of your wow when you talk to him and when you hear this conversation I should say from him because man uh, the dude is fantastic he really is, and you got to give his mother Lorraine a lot of props for, uh, you know, being able to raise a young man the way that she has uh, in his young year- life. Again, like he's only ten years old, but the dude is is awesome. So he'll join us at four thirty. Very excited about talking to Jeremiah Golden, Jeremiah One and Five on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you can check him out right now so 230 amber theo harris sirius xm silver and black show she'll join us cassie Soto from vegasnation.com at three lee sterling paramountsports.com at four jeremiah golden will close things out with us at 4 30 so as you can tell we're locked and loaded as we are every single day love to get it be able to interact with you and we're going to do it right now as we jump into the opening drive
2: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
3: So I had a show topic that I had lined up until about 30 minutes ago. It is so funny because that's how it happens. You know, I always come up with these topics, uh, write them down, have them already. Okay, this is which angle I'm going to go at. This is what... And then all of a sudden, something pops up. And so that's what happened. Like, literally 30 minutes ago, I got an email from NFL Communications. I said, you know what? We could close the week out this way. Let's go ahead and talk about this. And uh, what they did, the email that NFL Communications sent me is called 2022 NFL Records and Milestones. So as I'm going through it, it's talking about close games, comebacks, fanatic finishes, fantastic finishes, all this other stuff. Right? It's going through it. And then all of a sudden, I scroll through the email, and it says, turnaround teams. And this is what caught my attention and why I decided we've got to talk about this, Damon. Seven teams qualified for the postseason in 2022 after missing the playoffs last season. Baltimore, Jacksonville, the Chargers, Miami, Minnesota, the Giants, and Seattle. Seven teams. Demon. how many teams are in the playoffs in general?
1: <laughs> Fourteen.
3: There you go. Half the teams that are in the playoffs this year – we're not in the playoffs. A season to go. Half the teams that were in the playoffs a season ago, including the Raiders, did not make the playoffs this year. And I'm not trying to make it sound better for the Raiders for missing the playoffs because anyone who listens for a few seconds knows that you know, I think that the Raiders should have been a playoff team. I thought they should have been a ten-win team at least if not 11 wins, right? With everything that they had going for them, uh, I thought that there was a lot of good things coming to the Raiders this upcoming season. Well, they missed the playoffs. They're one of the seven teams that missed the playoffs. So – what it is, what the Raiders don't want to be, and what I don't want the Raiders to be, is that team that makes the playoffs, misses it for a couple years. Makes the playoffs, misses it for a couple years. You know what I mean? You you want to be the usual suspects, if that makes sense. You want to be part of the seven or eight because there's usually traditionally, I think they said every year there's at least four teams that, that uh, you know, miss the playoffs the year before that makes it. The Raiders want to find a way to be that team that consistently Makes it. So when the season starts, I could tell DeMond, like, yeah, I know it's a 17-game regular season, but get ready for at least 18 or 19 games. Right? That's where I want this team to get to is being that team where you know damn well unless something really terrible happens, this team is going to be an 18-game, 19-game team that's going to play that, that many games every year. Right? Regular season and playoffs. That's where they need to be, that consistent team, similar to what the Patriots were. You knew every year when the season started, right? You could pencil them in; they're going to make the playoffs. And for the most part, you could do that right now with what Buffalo, Kansas City. Obviously, I mean, you you want to have an example right in front of you, the Kansas City Chiefs. You could pencil them into the playoffs every year, even when they lose a a dynamic player like Tyreek Hill. There was only a few of us that thought, well, maybe they won't win the AFC West. And even even when I didn't think they were going to make win the AFC West, I thought there was a chance that some team could jump up and bite them. I still thought they were going to be a playoff team. I just thought that there was a chance that maybe the Chargers or the Raiders. We're going to be able to jump up there and win the AFC West. I was clearly wrong as the Chiefs won the, the division again. So my question to you, and I want to throw it out there, 702-365-9200, also our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r What is it going to take for the Raiders to be part of the usual suspects? Not just the team. Not, I'm not asking how are they going to get back to the playoffs in 2023. That's a given, right? That's always going to be the goal is to make it each and every year. But what is it going to take, in your opinion, in your mind, for the Raiders to be a team that can find a way to get into the playoffs and be a consistent team like they were, you know, after the 99 season, after they beat Kansas City the final game of the season, 2000, 2001, 2002. They were that team that you knew were going to go to the playoffs. How could they get back to being that team? What is it going to take for the Raiders to be that team? That's where I want to go with it today. How are they going to become that usual suspect team where you just know, unless something goes terribly wrong, Right? Like, even when Baltimore missed the playoffs last year, you thought, okay, well, why did they miss the playoffs last year? Oh, because they had so many guys injured. And the reason that they're going to get dipped out of the playoffs probably this weekend is because they don't have Lamar Jackson and they have injuries. Right? I mean, that's just basically what the case is. But for the most part, there's certain teams that you could look at and say, yeah, that team, there's no doubt they're going to be a playoff team next season or every year. Right? And there's some teams that are just starting to get into it. Like, Cincinnati looks like they have a little bit of a run in them. Right, they made the play. They made the Super Bowl last year. They're in the playoffs this year. I expect them to advance this weekend. I believe that they're going to beat Baltimore. Spoiler alert: If you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't know, Baltimore and, and Cincinnati is squaring up, and I think Cincinnati is going to end Baltimore's season. Again, we'll we'll pick our, our our games at 4:15, but I'll just go ahead and let you know right now: Sunday night football. I think that Cincinnati is going to move on. They're becoming the usual suspect now that the Bills and Josh Allen got a little bit of something going they're becoming a usual suspect, right? I mean, so how can the Raiders be one of those usual suspects? What are they going to have to do? And it kind of, it's funny, and this is, this is what shows you that things resonate with me when it comes to this show and any show that I do. It kind of goes back to Paul's conversation that he had yesterday. Remember when Paul called? And if you didn't hear yesterday, Paul called and said, Q, if the Raiders had a top-10 defense, do you think that uh, they'd be in the playoffs today? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Like, I had no hesitation to say that, yeah, if they were a top-ten defense, they'd be in the playoffs. But I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. What will it take in your mind for the Raiders to become a usual suspect, a team that you consistently know are going to be in the playoffs year in and year out? Because that's the job of GM Dave Ziegler. That's the job of assistant GM Champ Kelly. That's the job of Joshua Daniels. It's not just, oh, find a way to get to the playoffs this upcoming year. The job is to find a way to be that consistent team. And that's what head coach Josh McDaniels has talked about multiple times. He wants to be that team that you know is going to be a playoff team year in and year out. And Raider Nation, as long as it's been since the Raiders have hoisted a Lombardi, and as long as it's been since the Raiders have consistently been there, you deserve to have a team that's consistently in the playoffs. You do. Because you know what? You're consistently at the game. You're consistently arguing with your friends at the sports bar about your team. You're consistently listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. You're consistently listening to the Lockdown Raiders podcast, even when I get on your nerves or even when we get on your nerves, right? I mean, but you are the one. You're the one that consistently goes to the tattoo shop and gets the shield on you. And DeMond hasn't done his yet, but he's working on it. I mean, you're the one. You're Mm -hmm. the one that buys all the merchandise, who blings out your jerseys if you're a female, Right. The ones in there trying to sneak signs into the stadium because you want, want your team to be better, I get it. You're the one, so you deserve it. You deserve a consistent product. So how do the Raiders make that product consistent so they can be a consistent team in the playoffs? That's the question I have for you. 702-365-9200, adobebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword r and Let's go out to Chris in Summerlin. Welcome to the show. Chris, what's on your mind?
4: How are you? So here's the deal. It's one word, Q, one word. It's culture from the top down. If you look at the one team that caught everybody's eye this year that didn't make the playoffs, right, that one team, the Detroit Lions, they are the envy of many teams out there because they captured lightning in a bottle Mm -hmm. this year. And it really begins with, you know, they do have a newer owner, even though she's part of the family. But they, they changed the culture. They outplayed their personnel ability this year. Mm-hmm. They really did. If you look right. at their from the personnel level, their defense was 32nd in the league. It didn't matter. They outplayed their ability. And when you look inside that locker room, the culture has changed finally. And that's a huge component, I think, for any NFL team. So it's got to start from the top. From the top down. And, you know, McDaniels was part of a very strong culture in New England. So it's not like they don't know that they don't know what that formula is. They just have to put it together and they have to make it happen. And how that happens, I don't know. They have a big challenge in front of them. Yeah. And so maybe getting rid of players, you know, there, there's probably a lot of things we don't know on the inside, but it's one word. It's culture.
3: I love it. I love it. Great call, Chris. Break it down, man. That's good stuff. Damon, you can make a promo out of that. That's fantastic right there, man. Culture. And you know, and as much as, and I'm not trying to harp and I'm not trying to uh, fire shots at the guy, you know, maybe that's part of the culture changing is, is, is changing the quarterback position. Right. I mean, how many people call and say, hey, look, it's been this for nine years and I get it. I mean, I'm the first one to say I'm not going to fire no shots at at D.C. because I respected everything he did. But maybe like Christian said, maybe that's part of the culture. Okay, maybe maybe you got to get in someone in here who's used to winning or who's ready to win or who's shown that he's a winner in general. Right? This is the one thing I said about Russell Wilson, and I know that this year wasn't very good for him. But coming out of college, I was very high on Russell Wilson. The reason why I was really high on him is because he was proven that he was a winner. Right? He, had, he had that something in him, and that's why I like Jalen Hurts so much because he's shown that he was a winner. Right? He went to Alabama. He got benched. He didn't pout. He didn't sulk. He, he, he prepared himself, was ready to go when needed. They needed him. He stepped up, made big plays when necessary. Then he went to Oklahoma and won. And did it with a sense of, of pride. Ended up in New York in the Heisman Trophy Ceremony. Now, he didn't win that, but that's fine. He expects to win, right? He's a winner. And, again, this is not a shot at D.C. at all. So, please, please don't take it that way. But maybe that's what it's all about. Maybe you've got to get someone in there behind center. You already got a guy out there at the wide receiver position, Devontae Adams, who's expecting to win, right? He's a winner, right? He, out of his 1,500 yards that he has, you think he gives a damn about that? He's, he's upset that he's at home this weekend. He wishes they were playing, or better yet, we're off this week and playing next weekend, hosting the game next weekend. Josh Jacobs, you know the energy and the fire that he's brought? That's because he's he's got that winning traits in him. He's got that winning mindset. You know, and, and and the frustration that he showed when he was talking to Vinny after the Pittsburgh loss. And everyone's like, oh, he don't want to be a raider. No, he does want to be a raider, he just wants to be a winner. Sometimes. Sometimes it's like addition by subtraction. Right? Sometimes you've got to start cycling folks in and cycling folks out. So maybe that's part of what Chris was talking about, the culture change. Go ahead, Damon.
1: Especially when you talk about culture, we mentioned those playoff teams who were making it who are in this year that weren't in last year. The key example for me are the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yeah. when it starts from the top down, right. bringing in that new man to lead the team, being Doug Peterson. Right. See, so he trains around Trevor Lawrence, them obviously having the number one draft pick in back-to-back years, beefing up that defense. When where you can change that culture, as as he said, Chris Chris and Summerlin, that that makes a big difference, especially when it's from the top down. Right. And not just, hey, we're cycling in a couple of players here, a couple of players there.
3: Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, I wasn't a big Doug Peterson guy. I'll be the first to admit it when, you know, the rumors were that maybe he was going to get the Raiders job. I was like, eh, eh, you know. (laughs) He did some good things in Philly, but eh, I'm not really too high on, on Peterson. But he found a way to get it done when he went to Jacksonville, and he has a nice young quarterback there. They obviously went out and spent a lot of money and got some weapons, as we all know. Zay Jones got the bag. Christian Kirk got the bag. Multiple players got the bag to go there, and they turned things around. Was it the greatest season? No, but they found a way to win their division, right? Their division wasn't the toughest division in football, but who cares? They're in the playoffs. They're playing this weekend, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's all that matters. I don't care how you get there. Just get there. <laughs> and, and they did. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something to that. Brian Dayball is my perfect example, what he was able to do with the G-Men. Because he didn't really change too much personnel. He just went in there and said, oh, well, I ain't got a whole lot to work with, but I'm going to do the best I can. Look, he looked inside the cupboard and saw that he had, you know, a lot of top ramen. And something else, and was like, well, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to spice this Top Ramen up, and it's going to be the best Top Ramen you've ever had. And guess what? They made the playoffs. So there's that. So, again, looking for what it's going to take to make the Raiders not just a team that gets into the playoffs once, gets into the playoffs twice, but gets into it consistently. Mark in Colorado, you're up next, my man. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate the time. So, I mean, one, I'm in full agreement that cul- it all starts with culture in regards to what they can, they can possibly accomplish, right? Uh, the second part, you just said the word, consistency. Consistency, consistency, consistency. They need to have consistency at the GM position and the head coach position in order to build this out. And I'll have to agree with you on one thing from a culture standpoint. As much as I think Derek Carr's a 12 out of 10 human being, 12 out of 10 franchise you know, representative, does all the right things, does all the right things, et cetera, it's pretty obvious that through some press conferences this last no baggage. And at that point you need to ask yourself, is like is it just better for him and the organization to move on? Right. And it, I, I think it is. <laughs> I
3: think it's I agree. time to move
2: on in that direction. And you know there's other teams that have taken that risk in the past just to see if they could do better because they're not they're not complacent with mediocrity. They want greatness. Well guess what? There used to be a guy named Alex Smith over in, over in Kansas City. They brought in a new kid from college called Pat Mahomes, and guess what? After a year, they shipped off Alex Smith, and now they're perennial, as we just talked about, always in the playoffs. Yep. Right? It's time to start thinking at that top level mindset in order to not be complacent to move on to the next level. So there's a ton of holes to fill across the team. There's a ton of culpability across defense, offense, special teams. You name it, it all needs to be fixed. There's a hole everywhere. But I, honestly, I think from a financial standpoint, going to Vegas, they're in the right mindset there. They got now the facilities, the money start to pour in. There you go. Second portion is, even though a couple of big setbacks with, you can call it COVID and, and you know, the Gruden debacle, yeah. they got set back a little bit. But now, you know, anybody hears Dave Ziggler talk, that guy knows what he's doing. I mean, he's incredibly lucid and right on track. As if he's been asked the same question 50,000 times and he knows the answer to do it. You know, so, you know, McDonald's has a lot to prove to himself, right? But, I mean, the problem wasn't really with the offense, you know, as far as statistical rankings are concerned. Right. Problems were the other way around the board. So, I'm eager to see what they can actually fill in for free agent, get some defensive people, you know, maybe not mid and the draft so bad this year. Right. You know, it's putting in somebody, that you know, that a veteran QB and then maybe draft for the future that they can get going. But it's just time.
3: Yeah, culture and
2: consistency.
3: I love it. I love it. Mark, great call, man. We, we're on fire today with some great calls. And, you know, the one thing I, I love what he said is that, you know, you've got you've to act part at some time, you know, at some point, too. You know, if you want to be the part, you've got, to, you've got to carry yourself like you are the part. So even if you're not there yet, why not act like you are? And, and what, he, what struck in my mind, and this is so weird that this happened, this bounced in my mind as soon as I heard him say that, it reminded me of when I was at ESPN Central Texas. And my boss, David Smoke, was my program director. And he had worked in Dallas. He had worked in some big markets. We're literally sitting in Waco, Texas. Like, that's our physical address, Waco, Texas, which is a very small city in Texas, but Central Texas is huge. The area is huge, and the guys on the radio used to always kind of just small-town it up, I'd like to say, kind of hee-haw it. Uh, you know, hey, let's go on to, you know, let's talk about Nanner Pudding, or Puddin' or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, they would, they would talk about stuff that really didn't matter because what does it matter? It's only Waco, Texas, right? That's what people are thinking. And so when he came in, he said, you know that they can hear you in Dallas, right? You know they can hear you in Austin, right? You know they can hear you in Houston, right? This signal's huge. They can hear you in Killeen, Fort Hood. They can hear you, you know, all over. Why are you acting like you're so small-minded, small small, minded, small city? And it ruffled a lot of feathers because that's the way that we've always done it. Not me, I didn't say that, but that's what the people in the building said. That's how we've always done it, David. We're only Waco, Texas, where even our owner wasn't big on, on, on being bigger, bigger than life. And David said, I'm not coming here if we're going to think small. So when we went to the Super Bowl, DeMond, and you could ask Cofield about this, and this is really taking you behind the scenes, but Cofield and the company were, uh, from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, was at the Super Bowl uh, one year, and he sat near. The t- table was near where our table was at ESPN Central Texas. And Cofield tells me to this day, he's like, dude, I couldn't believe how many big-name guests you guys had at your table, and we couldn't get at our table. And he said, what the hell were you guys doing? I said, Smokey wouldn't take no, no mess. He wasn't going to get, you know – Bill Johnson from down the street. He wanted to get Bill Romanowski. He wanted to get Troy Aikman. He wanted to get he, – he said, why in the hell are we – why are we any different than those cats right up there? They on the radio just like us. What's the difference? Are they smarter than you because they're in a better, bigger market than you? And that, you know, and that was just – that's the mentality. So going back to Mark and Colorado's call, if you want to be the part, you got to act like you're the part. Don't be talking about Nanner Puddin'. Go about – talk about consistently getting to the playoffs. I swear, DeMont, as much as you laugh – my mom listens and she listened to when I was on ESPN Central Texas and you would be surprised on some of the things that we would hear. <laughs> it was very small minded at the time.
1: Nana Pudding, huh?
3: Yeah, that was our old guy Butch. Butch <laughs> used to have this thing, oh Nana pudding. I mean he talked about it. Finally finally we had to take him out back to the you know to the shed. <laughs> we had to leave him out back at some point. We're like, Alright, Butch, it's time to retire. But no, seriously, you've got to you've got to be the part. And so that's Dave Ziegler's job. That's Champ Kelly's job. And Josh McDaniels. They want to consistently be that team. They want to have that culture change. They've got to do that work. They've got to put the work in to get it all changed. And it's going to be a busy offseason. They've got a lot of tough decisions to make. They've got to figure out how to do it. But that's the job that they've got to do. 226 is the time when we come back. Amber Theo Harris, SiriusXM, Silver and Black show. She'll join us talking all things Silver and Black. And we'll ask her about the same question. This is Red Nation Radio 920.
2: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on
4: Raider Nation Radio.
3: Got a text from the 510. I'm sick and tired of everyone talking about Kansas City taking a chance. And moving on from Smith to Mahomes, they were winning the division in all caps. It is not the same thing. Raiders right now have no quarterback, no defense, and are blowing leads. The exact opposite of Kansas City when they traded up to get Mahomes. Delusional comparison. Uh, Thank you so much. That's the text from 510. And the thing I'll say about that is, you're right. They were consistently winning. But nobody thought that Kansas City each and every year was going to be a Super Bowl team. A Super Bowl competitor, right? No one thought that they have a, a shot at going to the Super Bowl every year with Alex Smith. I've always respected Alex Smith. Thought he was a good quarterback, never thought he was great. I thought he was just Mr. Kind of consistent with what you knew you would get from him. And obviously Kansas City felt the same way. And they felt like they had reached a a certain plateau with him and they couldn't get any farther, couldn't do any better. So they had to go out and get a guy that they felt was really dynamic and really could, uh, uh, like, blow things up for him. And they did. And then that's when they went and got Patrick Mahomes. So I understand what you're saying. They had to move up a lot to go and get him. When they move up from 24 to 10 – I mean, that was a big trade that they had to make to go get him. But he was the guy that they felt like, we have a good team, but we need a better trigger man to get over the top, over the hump. And that's the difference. That's what, in my opinion, is what they did. But I I totally understand what you're talking about uh, because it is different. They they were winning a lot of games. But the Raiders have to find their guy. Whether they find him right away or they find him in a year or two, they've got to find a guy that they believe could be a consistent winner and put them where they need to be and have the belief in him that they could take him where he wants to go. Like, a lot of folks are saying that Caleb Williams is going to be that guy next year. Now, if he is or not, who knows, right? But, I mean, no. I'll tell you this. I was talking about Patrick Mahomes being the guy coming out of college because he didn't do a lot of winning there. That was the one thing. That's, that's the one thing that I could say about Patrick Mahomes. He didn't do a lot of winning there, but you could see the arm talent. You could see that he was really a damn good quarterback, but he was just playing for Cliff Kingsbury at Tech, and they were terrible. I mean, I saw games where they lost like 63 to 62, right? Because well, they had no defense, and it was just a it was like basketball on turf. It was wild. I don't think anybody, as much as I cover the draft, I don't think anybody was talking about how Patrick Mahomes was going to be the dude, like he is. And so it, they that was just I mean, you got to give Andy Reid a lot of credit for that, Andy Reid and his staff for being able to find a guy like that and say, okay, this is how we're gonna this is what we're gonna do with this dude. And he man. Phew. Well, we all know <laughs> what he's done. Uh, East Bay Raider Gray said, culture does play a role in my estimation. A losing culture over many years can wear on players and their will to win. That's from East Bay Raider Gray on our don'tbebroke.com. Text line 69187, keyword R&R. And we're efforting Amber Theo Harris right now from Sirius XM and also the Silver and Black Show. She'll be joining us in a matter of minutes to give us her thoughts on the Raiders, the Raiders' season, what direction they need to move forward, what they need to do to get to be that consistent team. And that's what we've been asking you. How can they be a consistent team year in and year out that you know is going to be right there in the mix for the playoffs? Uh, Raider Mark said, perennial playoff teams have elite quarterbacks. They can overcome bad defenses and bad draft picks. I can't think of a perennial playoff team that didn't have an elite quarterback. Again, that's from Raider Mark. And I'm trying to think. I I can get down with that conversation. I mean, again, there's teams... You know, like we're talking about how there's teams that dip into the playoffs. There's every, what, every year it's four. At least four teams that make the playoffs that weren't in the playoffs the year before. This year there happens to be seven. But, um, yeah, so, so sometimes those teams that don't have that that elite quarterback that you're talking about can get into the playoffs consistently. So, or not consistently, but just every once in a while. But not being there consistently. I understand, okay, I understand what you're saying. Good stuff. I like it. Um Another text from the 915, Q&D, I love Derek Carr. Wish him well and thank him for his nine-year stability at the quarterback position. What is it going to take for the Raiders to be ones in the playoffs consistently? It just started, moving on from D.C. and upgrading the position. In a division with Mahomes and Herbert, you need an elite at that position. I believe in the front office, not so much on the coaching staff, but we are in great hands. If we bring TB12, it will inject a killer-winning mentality to his locker room. It's what the doctor ordered. Culture change. That's from the nine one five. Thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. We'll see. You know, I don't know exactly how everything's gonna get going. I don't know who the next guy behind center is gonna be. Of course, we hear the rumors, we hear the reports, we hear people talking about it, but we don't know. We don't know until it happens. TB twelve is playing on Monday, <laughs> right? We'll be at the Oyo on Monday uh, for that game. The Buccaneers and the Cowboys. So Monday Night Football for the playoffs. Super Wild Card Weekend. So. You know, I don't know what he plans on doing, but of course those rumors are out there. Uh, Jimmy G rumors are out there. There's plenty of rumors out there, and uh, it's just a wait-and-see process until it actually happens. Joining us now on the phone lines from Sirius XM Radio and also Silver and Black Show is our good friend Amber Theo Harris. And Amber, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I want to I wanna start off with something I just saw from NFL Communications. You know I love those little NFL nuggets that they send me all the time. They sent me an email, and it says that seven – out of the 14 teams that are in the playoffs this year, uh, were not in the playoffs last year. When you hear something like that, what does that mean to you?
0: Well, we're first of all, hi Q, good to be back with you. Uh, I, I think it means that um, Raider Nation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think that's what we can put out there. Yeah, um, look, it, it shows that there's parity in the NFL. It shows that the the, the draft, the way that um, you, the, the way it works actually work to add talent every year to balance out uh teams so that not one team is consistently dominant I mean you can look at a team like the Patriots over the past 20 years and how they were just consistently dominant that's pretty rare you know that would like people don't really I think people that grew up over the past 20 years that's all they knew of football uh don't realize how rare that is um it is really hard to get to a Super Bowl it's really hard to get back to a Super Bowl so um, I think this offers hope to teams that haven't made the playoffs that I think were very competitive, like the Raiders that lost in a bunch of one-score games, that maybe a few moves in the draft and also in free agency, um, you know, you have a chance to compete and you have a chance to get in. Look at the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars were the laughingstock of the NFL last year.
3: Right. They're in
0: the playoffs this year. And, and not with that many different pieces. You know, they added Christian Kirk, but the biggest piece, of course, was was Doug Peterson. But to to make two or three impact moves and change your whole fortune around going into a new season. And sorry, I sound sick. I'm, I'm under the
3: weather right now. Oh, so. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens, right? As soon <laughs> as the weather changes, it happens. Believe me, I think it's hitting everybody uh, a little bit of, you know, a little sniffles or whatever. But you sound fine, Amber. You do a fantastic job well, as as you always you. do. <laughs> so let me let yeah, me. I'm heading. Go ahead.
0: I, w- I was interrupting you, sorry. Can you tell I'm another radio host interrupting you? In here? <laughs> um, I'm actually heading to cover the 49ers uh, Seahawks game. I'm flying out tonight, sick of the dog, and uh, I'm going to be standing in 100% chance of rain and wind and possible flooding. Covering
3: that playoff game, so oh, geez. <laughs>
0: it's going to be an interesting weekend for
3: me. Yes, it really will, man. Bless you, and try to stay warm. Try to stay dry. Good, good luck with that, man. That's going to be a that's going to be a rough one. I actually wanted to ask you about that game, but we'll ask you about that in just a little bit. I wanted to get back to the the culture conversation and and you know the consistent playoff team, and you know that's the thing, Amber. I mean the Raiders. We're in the playoffs in 2016, one and done. They were in the playoffs in, you know, 2021, one and done. How could they consistently be one of those teams where you know that at the beginning of the season, like Kansas City, okay, they're going to be a team that's going to be fighting for the playoffs every year?
0: Got to have a quarterback. That's yep. not as simple as it is. Look at look at the Chiefs. Um, nobody on the Chiefs other than Travis Kelsey. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball that is a once-in-a-generation type of player, right? Right. Um, they've got a bunch of receivers that they've gotten it done with. They've got a bunch of, you know, whoever, uh, McGillicuddy playing uh, running back. And five. difference. Look at those years Aaron Rodgers was consistently in the playoffs and went to the Super Bowl. You know, did he have a, a cast of, superstars around him, not always, no, usually not, especially in the running back department, right. but still was able to compete consistently. I mean, it comes down to the running back. I mean, everybody says, Josh McDaniel is such a great offensive coordinator. He also had the benefit of the greatest of all time at mm-hmm. quarterback. Right. I'm not saying that doesn't mean he can't do it without it. I'm just pointing out, if you have a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, full-caliber quarterback, you're going to compete every single year, and that's why their car and making the the choice to whether it's going to be a veteran you know to get them through a year or two or they're going to draft somebody um they've got to get this right because you know you can if you whip on a quarterback in a draft that sets your franchise back five eight years i mean i think i think the jets are going to feel that right now yeah uh, despite all the talent that they have around them so it, it, it comes down to quarterback
3: Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. So sticking with that quarterback theme, as you mentioned, Derek Carr, he he said goodbye to Raider Nation, so he'll be playing somewhere else next year. Uh, veteran, rookie, other Jarrett Stidham. I don't know wh- what direction the Raiders are going to go. Where do you think that they go? I mean, what's kind of your gut feeling telling you? Where do you think that they should go? Uh, at least this upcoming year to make things to make things better. I think
0: they're going to evaluate. Quarterbacks in the draft year and do their due diligence, and if they fall in love with a Bryce Young or whoever else, they're going to. I think they're going to, to try to give up a lot to go up and get them because so I have to because there's two or three teams above them that need a quarterback right now, um, and I think there will be the opportunity. Actually, the fact that the Chicago Bears got the number one pick and not the Houston Texans, I think, helps the Raiders because uh, I think the Chicago Bears are going to be more of a dancing partner. Than the Houston Texans would have been because the Texans need a quarterback. So um, I don't know what it's going to take to get the number right. one pick yeah. uh, to get the top quarterback. Uh, that's, I mean, you got to give up a lot. Let's just two years ago, the 49ers gave up three first-round picks to go just to number three, let right. alone number one, to get Trey Lance. So it's a heavy price, but I can see them drafting a quarterback um, because every once to put their stamp on the quarterback, they want to bring in their guy. They want to groom their quarterback. I think this is a chance for the new regime to do that, but also quite possibly, um, and not that hard to do, go after a guy like a Tom Brady. You know, he he, they'll be able to go after him if they want to. I know a lot of people talk to talk about Aaron Rodgers possibly being back with Devontae. Well, Aaron Rodgers has a fifty million dollar contract, right? Right, and the Packers take a they'd, they'd have to give him, I like, believe, it's fifty three million dollars. Uh, the Raiders the second they sign him. Uh, and also the Packers would take a major cap hit at around like 40 million. It's, it's, it's almost impossible when you actually look at the logistics of Aaron Rodgers, but Tom Brady is a much more viable option logistically. And with his relationship with Josh McDaniels and somebody that maybe wants to play a year, maybe two more, it could be the perfect marriage of, of, of the young quarterback they draft learning under somebody like a Tom Brady.
3: Now, most of Raider Nation does not want to hear that name. Most of Raider Nation is like, no, 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 anybody but TB12. But, Amber, you cover the NFL. You cover the NFL like a glove. What have you seen from him, even in year 45 of his age, right? I mean, in, I don't know how many years he's been in League 20-something. I mean, the dude's been around forever. What have you seen from him this year? Do you think he's still got enough to, to be a, a guy that could lead the Raiders? Does he
0: have a lot in the tank? No. Does the entire Bucks team look old and kind of slow to me at times? Yes. Do I think they're going to beat the Cowboys? Yes, but that's a whole nother. Me too. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. Right. Um, but yes, in general, we haven't seen Tom Brady look like himself. Also, though, offensive line. You know, he lost the starting center. Ali Marpet retires. I forget who else. Kappa goes up to to uh, the Bengals. So those three of the you know five guys and maybe even four. I'm just going off the top of my head. Um, this year that were there. The first few years that he was in Tampa. So I think if you put an offensive line around Tom Brady, um, quick release and his ability, I mean, look, it's a mental game, right? If, right. if your quarterback can out- outsmart everybody, they can succeed. So I think if you, if, if they bring Tom Brady in, they're going to have to, uh, beef up the line because we see, we saw what happened this year when he doesn't have one. And Tom Brady's never liked getting hit, even in his prime. That was the one way you could shake him was when, when he would get hit. Um, so I think that I, I think he does still have some left in the tank, not a ton, but enough to get through a year or two and, and kind of get uh, give the Raiders some success. And uh, especially if they can bring Josh Jacobs back and there's a strong running game, um, and, and you groom that young quarterback and with Devonte Adams and and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, assuming they're all here, I think that could be something really special. We look at look at the Josh McDaniels offenses with Tom Brady. Right. We talked about this in the in the preseason, right? Yep. Everything is about the tight end, the slot receivers. You know, we didn't see a lot from Darren Waller this year because he wasn't healthy. We didn't see a lot from Hunter Renfrow. We we can maybe see that back again in that type of offense. I think I I think Raider Nation needs to put the history behind them <laughs> and look forward and say what can what can help us win now.
3: No, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Just got a couple more questions for you right now. Currently, the Raiders have eleven draft picks and a little bit over thirty million dollars in, in open cap space, and obviously that could be changed up once the whole Derek Carr situation gets squared away. But right now on the books, that's what they have. Is that enough to be able to, you know, at least turn over the roster where you can bring in enough talent, especially on the defensive side of things, to make the team look a lot more competitive than what you saw in
0: 2022? Yeah. And they'll, and I think they'll create more cap space. We'll start to see uh, the moves start to happen mm-hmm. here in the offseason. So that's not definitive of, of how much cap space they'll have. Right. But, yes, absolutely, 11 draft picks. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I keep referring to the Jets, but look at the Jets. They have the worst defense in the NFL in 2021. They go out and they draft Soft Gardner, who makes he, he's All Pro his rookie year. Right. Um, they go out and get Jermaine Johnson, who had an impact in the first round, um, and then Garrett Wilson, uh, you know, who was the first pick in in the first round. So he had three first round picks that they capitalized on, and it made a huge difference, especially on defense. and And look at Robert. I think we could maybe take a look at Robert Sala as far as a defensive mind. You know, he came over from the Forty Nine ers. as this this defensive guru your um, coaching has the worst in the NF the worst defense in the NFL. Then in his second year settles in and has a fierce defense, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be Josh McDaniels. You know, Josh McDaniels always had these top offenses, comes over, you know, um, okay in his first year and then in the second year really settles in and then with a couple of his own draft picks, with the kind of guys he wants to pick, maybe we could really see the, the offense turn around. So a draft can absolutely turn an entire uh, an entire franchise around, and especially if one of those picks is a quarterback, right? The quarterback. It-
3: And having 11 draft picks, I mean, technically you don't really need to have 11, so you can do a little bit of finagling. You can move around, you know, maybe use a couple of those draft picks to trade around if you see a certain person you want to target. So I think that things could be turned around with that much capital, and I'm expecting the Raiders to get a little bit more before it's all said and done. And, Amber, you mentioned uh, uh, Sauce Gardner being on the AP All-Pro team. He made the first team. Max Crosby didn't make the first team or the second team. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, what is it? One, uh, one person makes it, right? Is, is it two? Uh, one
3: two. In each, I get the Pro Bowl confused. It's two in each position, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Um, Did we lose her? We lost her to DeMond. Ha! DeMond said, "Yes." Yeah. Did you whisper yes? <laughs> How are you going to whisper yes? All right, well, there you go. She's about to answer that question about Max Crosby not making the AP uh, all-pro team one or two, first team or second team. And, um, yeah, I saw him tweet out, wow. Uh, we're actually going to talk about that, uh, those teams a little bit later on in the show. But he just tweeted out, wow. I saw multiple players, including Devontae Adams and Jermaine Illuminor, tweeting that he absolutely should have been on the AP All-Pro team. But uh, there you go, Amber Theo Harris. Uh, we lost her. <laughs> we lost her at the end, but that was going to be the last question anyway, so we thank her very much from SiriusXM Radio. Uh, she hosts also the Silver and Black Show today with the Raiders. 2.48 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one. Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
3: Just found out Cassie Soto will not be able to join us at 3 o'clock. She's got her business to take care of at VegasNation.com and the RJ, and so we respect that. So Cassie Soto won't join us at 3 o'clock. No worries. We'll talk about the AP, the AP first and second teams with no Max Crosby on them. Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Daniel Carlson made them, though. That's good. That's fantastic. For the Raiders to get three... Three players on the AP, first and second team. Actually, all first team, to be honest with you. Uh, To be on the first team, and they're only a six-win team, tells you a lot about the talent that they have. But I do look at Max Crosby and say, yeah, he probably should have made the first or at least the second team if he's not going to make the first. But we'll talk about that coming up at the top of the hour. We do want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. The question we've been throwing out there to you was seven new playoff teams in 2022. The Raiders were that team a year ago in 2021. They were that playoff team right? And then they didn't make it this year. We're looking to see how can the Raiders become that team that consistently makes the playoffs. A lot of folks have said the quarterback. We had Amber Theo Harris on just a little while ago. She said, you got to have that quarterback. If you have that great quarterback, you could, you'll be a consistent player in the playoffs, at least be threatening for the playoffs each and every year. And that at the very end of the day is what the Raiders have to do. They have to strive to be able to do that. Raider fish at Berkeley. What's on your mind. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey man, thank you for having me. You know, Wow. First of all, I'd like to tip my cap, the Raider cap, to Raider Nation. We have some intelligent fans. Those first callers, my goodness, I just love our fans. Now, to me, three things, I mean, there's more, but I'm going to narrow down to three things. One, when the coach... At the beginning of the season and all throughout the season, every week, he whips up this pitcher of Kool-Aid, and he's dumping a whole bunch of sugar and half lemons and whole ice cubes. One thing you need is all players in the locker room to pull up with their own cup Say, hey, coach, pour me a cup of that. They down it, give me another cup, and they don't ask, what's in it? Okay, so that's number one. That's my long way of saying they got to buy in to what right. the coach is mixing up. We need you know that Jim Jones funny? effect.
3: What's funny about that yes. is I, I understood that. <laughs> and because I understood that, me and you are on the hey, same page. That's hilarious. <laughs> go ahead, my man. Go ahead. Thank hey, you. You know what? I,
1: I, see, that's what I love about you and DeMond. I, y'all folks, y'all feel like folks since Schwinn Spokes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. But anyway, let me get back on track, baby. Let me get back on track, baby. Okay, so okay. Number, <laughs> number two, number two, you got to have consistent, above-average quarterback play that matches how the game is being played in the game day and age that is being played, okay? I'm just going to consistent above-average quarterback play uh, conducive to how the game is being played right now. And then number three, my man, Passant Raider, called yesterday, and he said something that I heard my buddy's old lady tell him before they got divorced. <laughs> and she told him, listen, she told him, look, Pete, out, she told him, hey, ain't nothing going to get right till you get your D together. And those three things. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, it's too real not to feel, baby. So those three real quick, real quick, let me let me let me run it all back, okay? One, you got to have the Jim Jones effect. Coach uh, players got to lie to them and say, Hey coach, I don't give a chair what's going on in that cup. Give me some and then have some more. Two, consistent, above-average play. And three, get your D together. uh, Shout-out, passionate Raider. Hey, show up, show out, and holler, just win, baby, when you go out. Hey, and real quick, temporary, go Jaguars.
3: There you go. There you go. Raider Fish at Berkeley. You know what's so funny, and I don't know if this is a bad thing about me or not. I understood everything he said. (laughs) Like, I got it loud and clear. When he was talking about and breaking down the Kool-Aid conversation, I was all in. I was like, oh, they got to have buy-in. Okay. Like, I was right there. I got man, Raider at Berkeley is rubbing off on me. I'm gonna be uh, Raider Raider. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Raider Fisher Berkeley's best friend, man. We're gonna be homeboys. We're gonna do a show together. We're gonna do a podcast together. <laughs> Raider <Fish>, at <and> Berkeley isms. <laughs> 702-365-9200, the don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword RNR. Coming up at the top of the hour when we come back, we'll uh, go over the AP first and second team, but we'll get more of your calls and texts as well. So hit us up, let us know about it. We'll get back at it. It's Red Radio, Radio 920.